Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. You're listening to Season 2 of Confessions of a New Grad. This podcast is an ongoing story, so if you haven't listened to Season 1 yet, I'd recommend starting there. Chapter 20, The Worst First Day I woke up to the sound of rain on Monday morning. It was still so dark that I thought it must be the middle of the night. I checked my phone, just in case, and groaned. It was nearly 6.30am. Given that I had set my alarm for 6.45, I figured I might as well just get up now. The last thing I needed was to fall back into a deep slumber and be late for my first day of work. Sighing, I turned off the 11 backup alarms I'd set last night and turned on my lamp. I shivered as I crawled out of bed. Why did it have to be so dark out? It felt unnatural to be awake right now. The tiles on the bathroom floor were ice against my bare feet as I began to brush my teeth. I couldn't believe that I was going to be responsible for four classes of high school kids today. Only a few weeks ago, I'd had zero control over my own life. I thought about how lost I'd felt after graduating from UBC. I'd been so directionless that I'd somehow ended up moving into a basement suite with my dud of a boyfriend, Tyler. That thoroughly romantic scenario had lasted less than three weeks before I'd called my best friend, Gemma, in tears, asking her to come and rescue me. I smiled reminiscently, because even though the weeks that had followed had been Uncertain and stressful, they were still the first good ones I'd had in a long time. Once I was away from Tyler, I was able to think about what I wanted, which had led me to deciding to stay in Vancouver and getting this job as a teacher. I still wanted to be a writer, but I needed to establish my own financial independence first. With Gemma's help, and a lot of luck, I'd managed to snag this incredibly affordable apartment right on English Bay downtown. And although I was already being harassed by my neighbor, who had left me the creepiest note the other day, things were going well. My phone glowed green with a text, and my stomach dropped as I saw who'd sent it. Apollo. Hey, good luck with your first day of teaching today. Not that you need it. I spat out my toothpaste a little too forcefully and turned on the shower, wondering what the fuck he was doing. Why was he texting me? Why would he think that I would want to hear from him after what I'd seen yesterday? 
I glowered, remembering how he had talked to me for months while I was dating Tyler. How he had made it seem like he was really into me. How he had started dating me right after I broke up with Tyler, and then flaked off once I told him I wasn't moving and would be staying in van after all. Only to then do a 180 and help me move all of my stuff into my apartment on Saturday. And then, yesterday, just when I thought things were going well between us, I'd seen him with another girl. I squeezed the shampoo bottle far too tightly as I remembered the image of him walking along the seawall at sunset, holding hands with a mystery blonde. I don't want to sound melodramatic, but it felt kind of like a scene out of a bad teen drama. What were the chances that I'd go for a run at precisely the same time that he and his girlfriend, was she his girlfriend? I really had no idea, had decided to take a romantic stroll. I clenched my teeth because it wasn't really that big of a coincidence after all. Apollo knew where I lived. He'd helped me move into the place two days ago and hooked up with me in it. So why had he taken this other girl for a walk along the beach a few hundred meters from my house? I thought Apollo was smart, but yesterday had been nothing short of idiotic on his part. And why was he texting me now like nothing had happened first thing in the freaking morning? Hadn't he seen me? He must have seen me. He'd looked back in my direction and dropped the blonde girl's hand right before I'd run past them. Maybe he was trying to figure out whether or not I'd seen him. I rolled my eyes, furiously scrubbing my hair. Why was I thinking about this? It was so juvenile, and I was a grown-up now, a grown-up who was getting ready for her first day of work. I didn't have time for Apollo or any of his bullshit right now. My phone lit up with another text as I pulled on the perfectly ironed outfit I'd laid out for myself yesterday. Go away, I hissed, before seeing that this one wasn't from Apollo. It was from Stefan. Hey Brooklyn, I hope you have a great first day of teaching today. Smiley face. I smiled. Even though I'd never actually met Stefan in person due to the fact that we'd matched on Tinder and he lived in Toronto, I appreciated the message. I was probably never going to actually see Stefan in real life, but I wasn't going to complain about having a hot swimmer send me flirty texts, especially after what had happened with Apollo last night. I replied thanking him and asking how his day was going, then blow-dried my hair and spent far too long putting it into a bun. I needed to look as old as possible today and figured that my glasses, plus an updo, and a lot of eye makeup would help. I even attempted contouring to make my normally very round face look a bit more angular. I was not very good at this, however, and had to wash the bronzer off immediately. Another problem with my intended look was that I had never really gotten the hang of buns, or any hairstyle really. How did those girls on Instagram get all those sexy little wisps to fall just right, making them look effortlessly pretty, but not at all disheveled? 
I spent so long trying to figure it out that I lost track of time. Luckily, Gemma, Lana, and Bree each sent good luck texts to our group chat at 7.40, giving me just enough time to squeal, grab my umbrella, and dash out of my apartment. Woodbridge Academy was right in the heart of downtown, and the map on my phone said that it should take me around 25 minutes to walk there. But I was so frantic that I did it in under 20. Classes didn't start until 9, but I needed that extra hour to set up and calm my nerves before then. Brooklyn, an airy voice called. It was Mary, the young principal who had hired me. Morning, I smiled. How are you? She asked, whisking me off the elevator and down the bright hallway to her office. Great, I lied. My stomach suddenly felt like it was eating itself and groaned loudly. I'd forgotten to eat breakfast. Croissant, she asked, tactfully pretending not to hear this and gesturing to a large tray on her table. Oh, sure, thanks. We've got coffee in the staff room as well, but I usually get a latte from the cafe across the street, she said conspiratorially, gesturing to a tray with two large coffee cups on it. The second one's for you if you want it. I wasn't sure what kind of milk you'd like. There are so many these days, so I went with regular. I really don't know why everyone's suddenly decided that regular milk isn't good enough for them. But anyway, would you mind helping me bring these croissants in as well? Of course, I said, gratefully taking the latte. I actually usually preferred oat milk, but did not mention that. So, how are you feeling? She asked, as we waved at the sleepy-looking secretary who had just arrived and taken a seat at her desk. A little nervous, I admitted. Oh, don't worry, you'll be fine, she said kindly, as we placed the croissants next to a large pot of steaming coffee on a table in the corner of the staff room. I try to remember to bring in treats on Mondays to make things a little easier for everyone, Mary explained. That's really nice of you. She nodded distractedly. Anyway, Brooklyn, I'm glad you're here early because I need to let you know about a teeny tiny change I made to your schedule last night. Okay, I waited. Oh, well, one of our best teachers who does our math and upper-level English lit classes had a family emergency in Saskatchewan and had to leave at once. We're not sure if she's planning on coming back, so we've had to replace her until at least the end of term. I was tasked with trying to find a substitute, and math isn't one of those subjects you can just throw any teacher into. I mean, if it had been P.E. or something... She broke off, awkwardly, having apparently just remembered that she'd hired me to teach P.E. I bit into my croissant, pretending I hadn't noticed her comment. Anyway, math is important to our students and parents. We can't afford to have them fall behind because of a subpar substitute. 
I had to contact the public school board and beg them to give me some names of supply teachers looking for work, and I didn't find Miss Schmidt until past dinner time last night. Fortunately, she agreed to come help us, but she wasn't comfortable taking the other teachers to English 12 classes, so I had to give her your ESL levels 1 and 2, and... Oh, no problem. Do you want me to take the two English 12 classes that she didn't want instead? Yes, Mary sighed, looking relieved that I'd gotten her drift so quickly. I know it's really short notice, but I promise I'm not expecting too much for this week. And the good news is, they're both English 12, so you only have one prep for two classes. And, I mean, you did say that English was what your main teachable was, so... I did. I I love English Lit. Oh, thank you for being so understanding, Brooklyn. I thought it might be a little overwhelming for you starting a Shakespeare unit with less than an hour's notice, and unfortunately Miriam hasn't had a chance to send over her unit plans. My stomach dropped. That was overwhelming. Well, thank you for being so quick to adapt. This weekend really was a nightmare on top of all the usual work I had to do. And then, of course, my husband decided to... She broke off, looking embarrassed. Anyway, let me show you to your classroom. She led me back toward her office and into a small but bright classroom right next to it. It had enormous glass windows, and I could see a sliver of coal harbor between the buildings it looked out upon. Please feel free to decorate, she said. Miriam wasn't really the aesthetic type. I hope this is all right. Our class sizes are small, she explained, gesturing to the barely 15 or so desks facing the large monitor and whiteboard. It's great, I said, putting my bag down on the teacher's desk. Oh, that reminds me, she said, gesturing to a large pile of papers on the desk next to the teacher's computer. Miriam didn't have a chance to return these essays to the students. Could you give them back to them for her? The marks are already in your mark book. Do you remember how to access that? Yes, I lied. I'll show you real quick, just to make sure, she said, opening up the computer. Um, which Shakespeare player... We reading? I asked, glancing at the clock, which said 8.20, and feeling panicky. Um, Midsummer Night's Dream. A wave of relief ran through me. I had at least read that one. In like 10th grade, but still, it was better than going in completely blind. Morning, Mary. A suave gentleman who looked a bit like a smarmier version of Hugh Grant was leaning casually against my classroom door. For some reason, Mary stiffened. Good morning, Todd. Any luck with the math teacher situation yet? Yes, I found someone last night. Oh, well done. You know, I would have done it, but half of our classes clashed. Oh, and who's this? He asked, his eyes landing lazily on me. New student? This is Brooklyn, our new English, economics, and PE teacher. 
Mary said, pointedly, as I felt my ears turn red. I had tried so hard to look professional. Todd teaches AP history and is also our vice principal, Mary explained to me. Have you got any extra whiteboard markers? He asked her. I was supposed to pick some up this weekend, but you know, what with everything that was going on, I must have forgotten. In the supplies drawer in my office, Mary told him tartly, straightening her blouse and standing up. Well, if we're all set then, Brooklyn, I'll be off. I need to go help orient our other new hire. Your schedule's on the door, in case you forgot. By the way, English 12 first, then English 12 again, then lunch, then econ, then PE. Let me know if you need anything, she said kindly, before stiffening again and heading toward the door. Excuse me, Todd. Todd smirked and moved slightly, but not enough for her to be able to clear the threshold without touching him. Mary shoved past and stormed into her office. Todd grinned to himself and sidled off down the hallway. Under any other circumstances, I would have been itching to know what on earth was going on between Mary and Todd. I didn't have experience in a professional work environment, but I was fairly certain that their dynamic wasn't normal. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. But I didn't have time for that now. Instead, I frantically read a Sparknotes summary of A Midsummer Night's Dream and tried to design an interesting introductory lesson. The clock in the corner of the classroom ticked horrifically fast, and I pounded back the coffee Mary had given me, hoping it might inject my brain with inspiration or something. I seized a notepad from the desk drawer and began furiously scribbling down discussion questions with one hand while scouring the internet on the off chance that any really nice teachers had posted fun activities for a Midsummer Night's Dream online. I found nothing. Tinkling laughter echoed in the halls. Students were arriving, and I hadn't even written my name on the board yet. I reached for my coffee and accidentally knocked it over. It splattered across the pile of essays left over from last semester that I was supposed to return to the students. No, I breathed. I snatched up a wad of tissues and began dabbing the essays. Most of them were still legible, but whoever Andy and George were 
We're definitely going to notice. My heart pounded. I was a failure. I was going to make a fool of myself in front of all my students, who, now that I was suddenly expected to teach English 12, were barely four years younger than I was. What was I going to do? I knew, or at least the teachers who I had worked with in my practicum had told me, that first impressions are everything. If I couldn't get the kids to respect me today, it was going to be an uphill battle for the rest of the year. Knock, knock. I looked up to see Mary smiling at me. I found this in the library. It's a really insightful documentary about Shakespeare from a few years back. Feel free to just show them this for today and tomorrow if you aren't able to think of a lesson before that. I could have kissed her. Thank you. She tossed the DVD to me and glided off down the hall. The chatting and laughter from outside was becoming louder. I stood up and wrote my name and the lesson agenda on the board, trying to calm my breathing. The teacher who had been my mentor during my practicum had told me that kids pick up on and will emulate the teacher's energy, so it's important to be calm, kind, and in control. Yo, I don't think Miss Johnson's gonna be chill with you writing on her board, a voice called. A tall, lanky boy had entered the classroom and slouched into a seat at the back. Oh, hello, I smiled at him. I'm Miss Winters. <laughs> okay, I'm Mr. Hobbs, but since you're hot, you can call me Andy. Oh no, he was flirting with me. Why was he flirting with me? So, you're new? he asked. Yes, I just started today. Have you not been given your uniform yet? He eyed my outfit. His eyes lingered way longer on my chest than was necessary. Uh, what? No, I'm, I'm your teacher. <laughs> okay. <laughs> no, really. I stammered as more students filtered in through the door. How are you? A girl asked, dumping her designer backpack on the floor and taking a seat next to Andy. Yeah, where's Miss Johnson? A spidery-looking boy with a pimply face entered, taking a seat in the center of the front row. Miss Johnson, um, is, uh, had to go back to Saskatchewan for a family emergency. Mary had suddenly appeared. She ushered a few more students into the room and joined me at the front. So, Miss Winters is taking over in time for your Shakespeare unit. Is Miss Johnson okay? A sweet-looking girl in the middle row asked. Yes, she's all right, Emma, but she needs to be with her family, so we've told her to take her time, and she can return whenever she's ready. So, is this check like a sub, or a... The girl with the designer backpack asked. Her name is Miss Winters Addison, and she is your teacher now. She'll be with you until the end of the school year. Miss Johnson probably won't be back until next fall, and you'll all hopefully, she glared pointedly at Addison and Andy, have graduated by then. So Miss Johnson's gone for good? The pimply boy in the front row asked angrily. She was the best teacher ever! Shut up, George, Andy said. She's got to be with her family. And anyway, I'm sure Miss Winters is amazing. 
Oh, stop embarrassing yourself, Andy, Mary said dismissively. Even if she wasn't your teacher, you wouldn't have a chance. All the students, except Andy, roared with laughter. I love it when Miss White goes full savage, Addison whispered to the girl sitting on her left. Mary gave Addison a stern look, but her mouth twitched. All right, Miss Winters, I'll leave you to it. She smiled encouragingly at me and left. Wishing she could have stayed, I turned to the students and asked them to tell me, in turn, what their names were and what their favorite book was. It wasn't as bad as it might have been. Andy was still subdued from Mary's reprimand and, to my relief, the rest of the class seemed far more interested in flirting with each other than with me. When I told them we would be starting a Shakespeare unit, though, there was a collective groan. Oh, really? Addison whined. This is a good one, I assured her. It's all about how foolish we can be in love. Ugh, that does sound kind of cool, but Miss Johnson also told me that Dracula was going to be just like the Vampire Diaries, and we all know that was not the case. Like, why were they on a quest chasing after Dracula for, like, the entire last third of the book? So boring. Because the quest was a popular trope at the time the novel was written, George said. If you would actually listen to Miss Johnson, you'd know that. If... You had ever had anything exciting happening in your life, you'd know that that quest was boring as hell. Everyone laughed, except for Emma. That's enough, I said, feeling a stab of pity for George, whose ears had gone all red. So, before we start reading the play, I want to give you an intro to Shakespeare. Everyone, please take out paper and pens for notes. I walked back to the computer and put in the DVD. Nothing happened. My heart sank. This was a different brand of computer than the one I had. In mine, DVDs would just play automatically, but there was probably a program I needed to start for this one. I spent a few minutes looking through the computer's applications, opening up anything and everything that looked like it might play a DVD. And then Andy called. Need help, miss? Um, yes, please, I said, somewhat grudgingly. He leapt up and hurried over to me. You've got to open this one, he said, clicking on an application I'd never heard of and making it full screen. Emma, turn on the projector. Emma obliged, standing on her desk and pressing the button on it. It occurred to me that I ought to tell her not to stand on her desk, but she was already up there, so I let it slide. The video began and... To my relief, it was good. It had beautiful music and graphics and kept the students reasonably entertained while I jotted down notes for the lessons I'd be teaching them later that week. The next group of English 12s went fairly smoothly. The students in that class were much quieter. So quiet, in fact, that it was awkward at times because no one other than me seemed interested in saying anything. When the lunch bell rang, I breathed a sigh of relief. I did still have economics and PE to get through after lunch, and they were the subjects I was the least skilled at, but they were also the ones I'd known I would be teaching, and I had very solid lesson plans ready for them. I had made it through the worst part of the day.
As if to echo my mood, the clouds broke and sunlight spilled in through the windows. I pulled my phone out of my bag, intending to send a message to the girls, and saw instead that I had a message from Tyler, my ex-boyfriend. I hope your first day of work goes well. I'm excited to meet up with you later this week. Ugh, right. I'd agreed to meet up with him when he'd called me sounding like a broken man this weekend. I felt slightly nauseous. I didn't want to see him, but I also didn't know how to tell him that, especially since when I had tried to during the last couple of weeks, he'd mostly just disregarded what I'd said. So, how'd it go? Mary asked, popping her head through my door. Not bad, I said, placing my phone back into my bag. It'll get easier. Our students really are quite manageable. Grab your lunch and come along with me so I can introduce you to everyone. I would have preferred to use my lunch hour to continue prepping for English, but followed her. The staff room was full of a dozen or so teachers, all dressed formally. Mary seemed to be one of the youngest ones, with most of the others looking to be in their 40s or 50s. Mary made the rounds with me, making introductions. I smiled politely, trying not to forget everyone's names, but by the time Mary and I sat down, the only person whose name I hadn't forgotten was Todd, because he had reintroduced himself to me in between offering Mary a bite of his sandwich, which she coldly refused. Oh, there you are, Amanda, Mary called, waving toward the door. I was just about to go get you. Everyone, this is our other new hire, she announced to the group. Everyone got up and made their way over to shake Amanda's hand. It wasn't until Todd moved out of the way and slouched back toward his lunch that I managed to get a good look at Amanda. She, too, was young, probably around my age, although she carried herself with a confidence that suggested she might be slightly older. She was tall and slender, with pretty pale gray eyes, glowing skin, and blonde hair that seemed to dance in the golden sunlight now streaming through the windows. I racked my brain as I shook her hand, trying to figure out why she looked familiar. Come and have a seat with us, Mary said, leading Amanda back to our table. How did your morning classes go? Pretty well, Amanda said. I used some of my old lesson plans. I hope that's okay. I'll have more ready once I have a bit more time later in the week. No problem, Mary said understandingly. I didn't give you much notice. It was kind of my fault, actually. I was out on a date all afternoon and my phone died, so that's why I called you back so late. Oh, that's lovely. What were you guys doing? We just went for a late lunch and then strolled along the seawall. Nothing crazy. And then it clicked. The reason why Amanda looked so familiar. It wasn't because I knew her. It was because I'd seen her. Yesterday, walking along the seawall, holding hands with Apollo.
Thanks for listening. If you're enjoying the show, please give it five stars on Apple or Spotify, write a review, share it on social media, and tell your friends. Confessions of a New Grad is written, performed, and produced by me, Greta Craig. Rebecca Montgomery does cover and episode artwork, as well as editing the scripts. For accompanying illustrations, exclusive news, and extra content, you can follow the show on Instagram at newgradpodcast. You can also find more information and get in touch via our website, confessionsofanewgrad.com. Special thanks to all the musicians who allowed us to use their work in this production. You can find the soundtracks in the episode descriptions. I love interacting with you and hearing your thoughts on the show or anything at all, so please feel free to continue to reach out to me on Instagram or via the show's website. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.